It's the Andy Thompson Show on ESPN 97.7. Sport hole. Bring it on, Lawrence. Happy Thursday, my friend. What do we got? Skeeter Peters on the Andy Thompson Show. All right, Larry. 0 for 1 last week. Got hammered by Utah. Picked the Utes. Went with the homer pick. The emotional pick. Game day. And uh, got hammered. We're going to try to do better. We're going to give you three games this weekend to head on down, fuel up the Oldsmobile, hit the Shivwit Shuffle, and get you on down to Skeeter with these Skeeter beaters. I recommend Eureka Casino and Resort. That's my favorite casino. What do we got, Lawrence? Let's start with Slovis. Oh, boy. To the end zone. Touchdown, BYU. Chase Roberts. We're not starting with that one. Yes. No, I don't want to. We're going to start with Utah. Utah is favored by 11 at home against Arizona State. For me, Larry, this is a Brandon Rose game for Utah. Not as the starter, but as a put him in there. This was the guy coming into the season who was supposed to be great. He was the best guy in spring ball behind Wright. Rising wasn't playing. He was the best guy. He was better than Barnes. He was better than Johnson. Now, there is a faction of Utah people who are like, we're not going to play Brandon Rose because we can medical redshirt him and not waste this year of eligibility. And my point to those people is, Rising's going to come back next year. How patient is this Rose kid going to be in the transfer portal era? He's still got Barnes there. He's still got Nate John. Who knows what the exodus is going to be if Rising decides to to declare that he will be back next year. But Brandon Rose, use him up this season. You're still having a good season. If he is your best guy, your job is to do what's best for the team this year Not what's best for Brandon Rose, a guy who's likely to get the heck out of here next year and enter enter the transfer portal, especially if Rising comes back. And who the heck knows if Isaac Wilson is better than him anyway. Therefore, if you're really trying to compete by some miracle to get in to the Pac-12 championship game, which is still amazingly feasible, you've got to have your best quarterback. And you don't think that's Bryson Barnes. And you don't think that's Nate Johnson. You think it's Brandon Rose. He's available to play. So play him. He doesn't have to start. But this is an easy Arizona State team who's terrible. They beat Washington State last week. But they were 0-6 previous to that against FBS schools. This is a perfect opportunity to see what you got with Brandon Rose. If the decision is no, we're going to medical redshirt him. I think it's a bad decision. Because the likelihood that he's gone anyway is pretty high. So play Brandon Rose. That's my goal for Utah. I want him to get in there and see what we got. Um, Let's talk about Arizona State. Kenny Dillingham, the head coach there, um, is a guy who is one of these young quarterback whisperer coaches who I always talk about and a type of coach that I think you want leading your program his ability to go and get quarterbacks is pretty remarkable especially because Arizona State has no NIL 
They're sanctioned. They can't go to a bowl game this year. So he's got a lot of stuff working against him. I know they found out about the bowl, the no bowl game this year pretty soon to when the season started, Larry, if I remember correctly. But his ability to go out and get transfer quarterbacks like Drew Pine, going and getting a guy who the SEC wanted to pay $11 million to but couldn't get the direct deposit done in time or whatever, Jaden Rashada, to come and play at Arizona State. That's a Dillingham huge success. And his background, he's he went to Arizona State, so he's happy to be at his alma mater and turn him around and that type of thing. It's not going that well this year. They got pounded. They almost lost to SUU week one, and then they lost every single FBS game until last week when they inexplicably beat Washington State, who's on a three-game skid and might not be as good as we thought they were. Rashada, apparently, he's only played two games this year. Apparently, he's been practicing, and he's back. Drew Pine has also been practicing. He's been terrible in the games he's played. If Rashada is healthy, he might get the start over the kid who's who beat Washington State and looked okay. Now, that's the thing with Arizona State is every quarterback they put in, Conover's got no time yet, the BYU transfer, but for the most part, these Arizona State quarterbacks, they're all capable of throwing for 250 yards without a pick or whatever, even in a bad year. So that's what a guy like Dillingham can bring you. Now, Arizona State fans are hoping it's this Rashada kid. He's 1-1 one one this year for him. Or oh, did he, let's see, was he the, did he lose against USC and, and Fresno? I can't remember, Larry. Look that up. But he's he's played two games. He looked good in both of them. He beat SUU week one, and then I think he was the loser in the Fresno game, if I'm not mistaken. So that's who Arizona State wants to play. This Trenton Borgay guy, he's the guy who got him the win last week. He might start depending on Rashada's health. Utes are minus 11. I took him last week. Stupidly against Oregon, Larry. I'm taking him again this week, Larry. At home, Rice Eagles bounce back game. Arizona State's one of the worst teams in the West. They're the, arguably the worst team in the Pac-12. You've got to be able to beat them by more than 11. Cover this point. Get your season riled back up again with Washington on deck. And please put Brandon Rosen for a few series and see if he if if Ludwig actually trusts him to be a quarterback and run an offense. We know he doesn't the pig farmer. We know he doesn't Nate Johnson. Put the new guy in there and see if uh, by some magic he is good enough. Take the Utes, minus 11 at Rice-Eccles. We got tickets to give away to this game uh, later on in the program, Larry. Let's go to the next one. Okay, now we'll do BYU. BYU, this line is shifted at time of show. West Virginia, minus 13 and a half. And going back to the shower thought, I'm very up on junior college quarterbacks. I love them. There's been a lot of good ones. BYU's had good ones. Steve Sarkeesian. That was the, you know, the guy getting all the press uh, last week on the Deseret News and on BYU Sports Nation is the history of Steve Sarkeesian uh, being a great quarterback for BYU and coming from a junior college. There's been many great junior college quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, and uh, Cam Newton, heck, Paul Peterson from Snow College, and on and on and on. I root for the JC guys. Love the JC guys. My problem in this particular situation with BYU fans is I think they're being irrational in wanting to move away from Slovis right now after playing the most talented team in college football last week and looking bad. But 
you're five and three right now. Slovis has already gotten you five wins. I've been banging this drum for a long time, Larry. And the fact that you want to move off Slovis after losing to the best team in the, the most talented team in the country, before you go to Morgantown to play West Virginia, with a guy in Slovis who beat West Virginia last year, and you'd rather go with the unknown in Retzloff who hasn't played an FBS game in his life. Now, I know he's accoladed, and he threw for a million yards last year at Riverside CC in Southern California and was the best JC quarterback in the country, and you got him, and I think that's a great get. But the fact that you're calling for him now over Slovis, one, it violates the expectation that you had at the beginning of the season with Slovis when you were just begging for a guy who could come in in your first year in the Big 12 and win you five or six games, he's done it. And he deserves to keep playing to try to get that sixth win, sixth win and to bowl eligibility. Now, he's been bad. He was horrible against Texas. But he is exactly who you got to come to Provo. He's throwing picks. He's inconsistent. He's, you know, it's dumbfounding, I'm sure, sometimes for for Roderick with some of the things that Slovis does. But this is the guy you brought in to do exactly what he's done. And he's going to play a team he played last year and bleep West Virginia and all that stuff. That was Slovis. I would rather roll with him than the unknown in Retzlov, even though it is tantalizing. Everybody loves a backup JC guy. It's like, it's kind of a tantamount to... Oh, you know, I, you know, back when Dixie State was a was a uh, Division two team. Anytime a kid would drop, oh, this kid played for the Utes last year. Oh, oh, this this kid was, you know, this kid was an FBS Power Five guy last year. That was always tantalizing, and the 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 possibilities were were huge. It's kind of the same this way. Even though junior college kids have been put on the back burner now because of the transfer portal. Everybody's a junior college kid, and every school is now a junior college that's not the big-time prestige schools. It is exciting to think about this unknown kid who has a history of slinging the ball around. I just think it is the wrong decision at this point in this season for BYU. Five wins with Slovis, and you want to dump him heading into the West Virginia game. I think it's unfair, and, and I think it's... I think it's irrational when you add in the fact that, look, you just played Texas. You were expected to get creamed by Texas. You got creamed by Texas. It wasn't slow. And, and, and Satake and all the postgame stuff was, look, you got to block. We got to block for this kid. We got to run the football for this kid. He has no chance if we're not blocking for him or taking some of the burden off running the football. And they haven't been able to. Some of the positives for BYU, Larry, is it's a night game. And because the World Series is over, they're going to bump it to the main Fox game. Not FS1, but the main Fox game in Morgantown. BYU has played much better over the last three years night games than they do in the daytime. In fact, it's a remarkable record, Larry. What the heck is it? Look it up. It's like 20 wins to very few losses. Maybe one loss. I can't remember. So that's good. That's going for them. West Virginia, let's talk about their coach for a minute. And Neil Brown, who is a gunslinging Texas Tech Tommy Tupperville um, acolyte. 
West Virginia fans were ready to fry him midway through last year when they had JT Daniels, another transfer portal quarterback, disappointing, offenses stale, they are not slinging the ball around, they're super mediocre and lower tier in the Big 12. And then they bring in a backup in Garrett Green who completely turns their season around. This Garrett Green kid comes in, he beats Oklahoma. In the last three games of the year, he beats Oklahoma and Oklahoma State to finish the season and basically saves Neil Brown's job. And the fact that West Virginia is in contention for being a top 3-4 team in the Big 12 this year is because of this Garrett Green kid who's not a <clears throat> is not a super accurate pocket passer. He's right around 50% in his completion percentage, but he'll pull it and run it. He's the best running quarterback in the Big 12 this year. And that has made their offense more dynamic and has made them better. He's just a six-foot-tall kid from Florida who came in as a backup and changed the whole season around. So maybe now BYU fans are thinking, well, that's what we want with Retzloff. Well, it worked out for West Virginia. He's a gamer and a good player and all that stuff. Some devastating losses this year for West Virginia. But Neil Brown is a lame duck who will flinch. And if it's a close game, he'll flinch at you, even at home, and give BYU a chance to win this game. What else, Larry? Not a great offense. BYU's got the worst offense in the in the in the Big Twelve. West Virginia's like tenth. So two not great offenses. Edge to the quarterback, West Virginia. Defenses are lower tier in the Big Twelve, kind of similar. Take BYU. They're getting too many points. The line's way too fat, Larry. I thought it was like ten on Monday, but it's bloated to thirteen and a half. Neil Brown ain't going to beat the Cougars by two touchdowns. It's kind of been a back-and-forth year with Kalani. Win one, lose one, win one, lose one for the last four weeks. I don't know that they're going to win, but they're going to cover 13.5 points, Larry. Give me a break. Take the Cougars down to Skeeter with that Skeeter beater. Two homer picks so far. Utah State minus three at San Diego State. The Hillstead versus Lagarde quarterback controversy has heated up, especially after Hillstead gets his butt kicked by San Jose State, throws some picks, doesn't look great. And previously, Cooper Lagarde had looked good. Um, I don't know what to think about this Utah State team. I don't know what to think about the Mountain West, Larry. What the heck is going on in this conference? I know Air Force is having a generational year, but to have San Diego State suck... And Boise State suck in the same year. When When's the last time that's happened in the Mountain West? And I know there's all this funkiness is due to the transfer portal. I mean, San Diego State has had two kids in the last two weeks, midseason, enter the portal and announce, I'm done. I'm entering the portal. I'm leaving. Coming into this season, they had one of their best quarterbacks transfer to Washington, that Haskell kid. So... The portal is is creating a habit. We've talked a lot about how it's affected Utah State and their defense, and they've had to go and get a bunch of kids from the portal and that type of thing. But it, it, it creates weird conference dynamics where we're seeing things that we haven't seen before, where Boise is way down right now. San Diego State is down this year. They just lost 6-0 to Nevada. 
Like, what is going on in the Mountain West Conference? I feel bad for these programs. And a guy like Brady Hoke is probably like, look, I'm out of here, man. I'd rather go co- coach a, a good high school team in Orange County than have to deal with this exodus every year that I'm having to deal with as a junior college at San Diego State. Same with Boise State. Same with Utah State, right? I know I bemoan the transfer portal all the time, Lawrence, on this show, but I feel bad for good programs who I thought would be stable enough to survive the onslaught of the portal. Boise State's a perfect example. It's like, you're Boise State. You get kids from California that the Pac-12 didn't want. You kind of make two- and three-star kids into four-star kids, and that's where your success has been. And you've been good for 20 years in a row. But with the portal, that two-star, three-star kid that you've made into a four-star, he's gone. He leaves. So no program is impervious to the portal. Utah State minus three at San Diego State. It's weird. It's weird. I'm taking San Diego State. Hate to do it. Love the Aggies. Alma mater. Weird thing. um, A lot of Aggie fans were ticked off that Ike Larson and Titan Saxton on their bye week were at the Utah game, standing on the sidelines at Utah, at Utah, Oregon last Saturday. Like, what, what is going on? Ike Larson, one of our best players, is like, it's almost like he's on an official visit at Utah. Is that legal? What is going on? And Blake Anderson came out and said, look, they've got buddies on that team. They got buddies on BYU and Utah. It was the biggest game in the country. Give them a break. They were just there to be spectators. I was like, well, yeah, but, you know, something could happen there when you have a guy that good uh, visiting Utah. Take San Diego State, Larry. Hate to do it. Next topic. What do we got? The sport hall. Sports, sports, sports. And by the way, I will report back on Monday. I made three picks. I will report back. Not just if I go two and one or three and zero. Oh. That is my commitment to you, Lawrence. What do we got? Thirty dimes against Denver. This is a beauty. A little give and go. The vet to the rook. And the Jazz get this crowd up and roaring once again. 112-85. Mm-hmm. Bowler. What a walkthrough win against the one of the gotta be the worst team in the league, the, the Grizzlies. And it's depressing for me anytime I see Derrick Rose these days playing basketball because he was one of my favorite guys. And both of his legs fell off. Um Kenneth Lofton is the most unique uniquely shaped basketball player ever. People call Barkley the round mound of rebound. Barkley was not round. Was not half as round as Lofton. Not even in his Rockets days. Lofton Jr. is the most uniquely plus-sized person maybe that I can remember. Most guys that are three bills are seven foot three, right? He's not that. Love watching him play. It's like the YMCA. Um, I think Marcus Smart, just talking about the Grizzlies for a second, I think he's got the alpha energy when Ja puts his guns away and comes back to the team eventually. I think Marcus Smart will have that alpha kind of energy over Ja to keep his crap in line and stuff, which is weird because early in Marcus Smart's career in the NBA, he was kind of the wild card 
Who the heck knows what he's going to do? I think that was a great acquisition for them. We'll get Burnsy's take on the Jazz. Easy win. They got Orlando tonight. You can listen to that game on Fox Sports Utah 1019, presented by NetsOnFire.org. Then they're at Minnesota, Chicago, Indiana, and Memphis, all games that they can compete in. So that's a fun little stretch coming up for the Jazz after a tough first four games against four of the best teams in the league. Very good, Lawrence. The Sport Hall. Sports, 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 sports. Tyler. Hey Tyler, I've, I've listened to Tyler. enough of you, Tyler. Listen, uh, you can you can have all your opinions that you want. All right, I don't know how old you are. Don't really care. All right, but let me tell you something. Um, we won 11 games last year, and you're part of the problem. To be honest with you, because that is part of the problem. I meant to talk about this yesterday. Uh, Jeremy is out today, right, Larry? Yes. All right. Jeremy had this on the docket. Um, I love Dabo. Dabo is one of my favorite coaches in the country, if not the favorite coach in the country. And, you know, sometimes a program's Joe Pa comes, you know, in the 70s, like Joe Pa did for for Penn State or the 80s. Lavelle did in the 70s for BYU. But some programs, Joe Pa comes in the 90s, like Bobby Bowden did for Florida State. And Zum's Joe Pa comes in the 2010s, like Clemson's did. Clemson won a title in 81, but they were not a an elite national team um, in the 70s, and they sucked in the 90s. Clemson, I don't know that they won more than seven, eight games a season in the 90s. Dabo is Clemson's Joe Pa. He's their Bobby Bowden. The stretch run that he had with Deshaun and Trevor Lawrence and beating Saban and going 15-0 and 0 in 2000, whatever that was, Larry. So he deserves a, he deserves a statue, and he deserves a lifetime membership in Clemson's head coaching job as long as he wants. But here's the scary part for Dabo. When you look at legendary coaches, once you dip down... After having a, an incredible run of success, once you dip down into the Cheez-It Bowl, it's hard to get back onto that mountaintop. Bobby Bowden won a championship in 1999, had a good year in 2000. The whole 90s, he dominated, winning 11 games a year. But then he dipped down into an eight-win season and was never able to do what he did again at that elite level. It happens. It happened to Joe Pa. Joe Pa's last 20 years at Penn State were, you know, not at a national championship level. So it happens to a lot of people. It hasn't happened to Saban yet. It hasn't obviously happened to Kirby and some of these other legendary, you know, championship coaches. But once you do, especially at a program who wasn't elite until you, you dip down and you're going to the cheese it Bowl. You're losing three games last year. You're losing, losing three year, three games the year before. You're now four and four in the ACC. That's scary. I don't know a coach necessarily in my preliminary thinking here, Larry, who's been able to correct that boat and get back up to the to the top of things. Right? Can you? You think about Jimbo, his little blip with with Jameis at Florida State, wins the title, goes to Texas A&M. How's that working out for him? 
you dip down into an eight-win season, you're probably not going to ever get back up to a 12-win season. Les Miles was a right in the top of the mountain, 1-07, went to the title in 2011. Then he was in the Chick-fil-A Bowl for like his last five years at LSU, went to Kansas, went 0-9 at Kansas, and you've never heard of him again. So avoiding that nine-win season when you're at at an elite program is key regardless of who you are. Dabo is never going to be fired, should never be fired. It's hard to even question him. He rattled off in that famous phone call, you know, yesterday or the day before, all of the records he set at Clemson and spoiling these guys, these fans with 11-win seasons and all that. And it's right. I'm on Dabo's side. My point is... I don't know that he can get back to being a national title winner because I haven't seen anybody who's been able to do that once you get down to, you know, losing four games for a couple of years. I love Dabo, though. Uh, All right, next topic, Larry. What do we got? Weekly in memoriam. Who's passed away or been canceled since the last time we visited? my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my great Bobby Knight talked a little bit about it kind of impromptu yesterday on the program but but I've been thinking a lot about uh, Bobby Knight and watch some of the stuff uh, the, the feature that ESPN had last night And I was thinking about his approach to coaching. And, you know, it was heartening the video they showed at the end of, near the end of his life, just a few years ago at Assembly Hall, coming back with the Isaiah Thomas team and just standing ovation, players surrounding him. He's got a huge smile on his face. It was a great scene. But the idea of, Doing it my way, like he said. That's Frank Sinatra's My Way song. That's that's his song, he said. And if you could do it all again, you look at Bobby Knight, and I bet 90% of former players, you look at the ratio of a coach, I bet 90% of former Indiana and Texas Tech players and Army players and U.S. Olympic players revere him, love him, respect him. They see him. They hug him. They, you know, as far up as Coach K saying is this is the most important person in my life besides, you know, my family. That's probably 90% of of the players he coached. Then you've got 10%. This is his ratio. 10% of former players probably hate hate him or or suing him. And then you've got 70% of the media who hate Bobby Knight because he was a jerk to the media. That is a high 90% mark of players that think of you as a father figure who changed their life. That's a pretty dang good grade. And so when he says bleep regrets, I did it my way, and I would do the same thing again, it's hard to argue with. Maybe you choke a few less people. You know, the, the kid who shouts, hey, Knight, in Bloomington, Adam, on campus, and he chokes him out. You probably don't want to do that again. But when it comes to your style, 
Are you gonna are you gonna put at risk the ninety percent of players whose whose lives you changed? I don't think so. Then if you look at a guy like Coach K's ratio and probably Dean Smith and John Wooden's ratio, it's probably a higher former player who loves them list. Not as polarizing as personalities. Less players who hate them or are suing them. And a much lower percentage of media that hate them. And that's Coach K, who's going to go down as the king of college basketball. Or already has, I guess. He already has retired. Knights in a similar ratio as Bear Bryant and Woody Hayes. Probably Saban. Saban's gotten soft over the last decade. But even so, I think there's a decent contingent, 10, 15% of former Bama players, LSU players, who probably hate Saban. Urban, definitely. Same deal. So it's the rare coach who can be super-duper elite, Coach K, and not have that faction of people that hate him, media and former players. That's a rarefied air. And Wooden's probably up there. Pro coaches, who the heck knows. But um, Bobby Knight, one of the most successful coaches ever. And he gives, and a lot of people say, look, it's because of how he coached. And same goes for guys like Bear Bryant. So it's a dying breed, though. Not a lot of those guys left. Those types of guys left. Uh, Bayheim's done, right? Um, Coach K's done. Roy Williams is done. He was never that guy anyway. Um, I can't even think of a college basketball coach who could be in under that umbrella of that style of coaching and college football less and less, right? So it's just a new era of coaching. Next topic, Larry. The Sport Hall. Sports, 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 sports. Do I have your attention, Lawrence? Like, are you, what are you, what are you thinking about yes. when I'm, I do have your attention. Yes. Why does it take forever? You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pouring my guts out here in the sport hole trying to keep your attention, and all I'm asking you to do is push a couple buttons, and you, I don't know where you go. You go to La La Land on me. All right, what the heck is the next thing, Lawrence? Go ahead. The Sport Hole. Sports, 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 sports. Two-minute drill. Presented by Ideal Home and Auto Paint. To the five, to the two, diving, touchdown! All right, I don't have a great thought. I've already given you all my high school thoughts. We'll have a lot more tomorrow. Region 9 game day starting at 4 o'clock tomorrow on ESPN. Brought to you by, or built by, Bucks Ace Hardware. Check out Bucks Ace three Southern Utah locations. Look, don't get, don't go get lost in a warehouse store this weekend where you're trying to find an employee and they're hiding from you in the break room and you're p- hitting that bell or that 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 uh, button thing that's supposed to ring somebody to tell them that they're all hiding from you. They don't want to talk to you. Bucks Ace, you walk in. There's somebody there to greet you immediately and to walk you. To exactly what you're looking for. They respect your time there. And they got a friendly face. And they want to help you. That's Buck's Ace. Don't waste time. You go. You spend an hour on Saturday. Or your wife goes. You spend, she leaves you with the kids. She goes and you know gets lost at Lowe's. Or some of these other. You know. Don't do that. Alright Larry. Um, oh quarterback you had it yesterday. You can listen to it. 
on the podcast. Garrett Grondel, the quarterback for Desert Hills. JBT broke down his game. Just go to Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, and search The Andy Thompson Show for the full episode, breaking down the quarterback at Desert Hills, who's uh, been excellent for him as the starter. And, you know, he's got his biggest challenge of his uh, young career against Crimson Cliffs. Friday, 6 o'clock kickoff. We'll be there. That game will be on ESPN 97.7, Larry. All right. Thank you. Next topic. What do we got? Op-ed or op-meh. Good night and good luck. Mm-hmm. All right, op-ed or op-meh. This is uh, Dave McCann from the Deseret News. Title, why former BYU OC thinks Jake Retzloff's time is near. And Dave McCann quotes former BYU play caller and quarterback, the Dominator, Brandon Doman, quote, this is a one-and-done senior quarterback that has not been in the program prior to now. Talking about Slovis, do they have a quarterback for next year? They don't want to get into this cycle of having unprepared quarterbacks. If they are lacking success going into this game and are unproductive through halftime, I'd give another guy a chance to play talking about Retzloff. I'm completely against the goalpost changing with BYU's expectations this year. Now that you have five wins and all that stuff I've said over and over again, I'm against that. I'm not necessarily against Retzloff getting some time this year. I just think it's ridiculous to blame Slovis for the 5-3 and three season and getting blown out by Texas. That's all. So it's an op-meh in that I disagree that Slovis needs to you know, be taken out, basically. Slovis gives you a better chance to win this game. That's the goal, to win the game. Getting to a bowl game, even though it's, it's not as important as it was in the 1980s, it's still important for the program. Every win is valuable. And this is a team that you're 13.5-point dogs... You have a chance, I think, to, to go and, you know, every game's winnable except for Texas <laughs> and maybe TCU and Oklahoma. Everybody else is winnable in this league this year. Slovis gives you a better chance to win. That's what I think. So it's an op man for that reason, Larry. Thank you. Next topic. We got to hurry. What do we got? Fire when ready. Pick to click. Mm. Oh, this one isn't any good. Oh, jeez, Larry. Pick to click brought to you by our good friends at Wikilicious. Check out the best dessert in all of Southern Utah. Enough of the donuts. Enough of the cookies. Uh, the delivery cookies. Those have jumped the shark. I'm sick of people dropping those off. They just go dry and bad and nobody ever eats them. Uh, Wikilicious. Those are awesome Hawaiian malasadas. Pre-order for pickup Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Wiki-licious.com. Okay, the pick to click today is... It's 2023. I understand that, Larry. Enough with the Bluetooth CarPlay bullcrap. I'm so sick of it. 
Get an aux cord. That's your pick to click. If you want a stable, you're listening to your podcast in your car, and you want a stable connection, and you don't want to push 12 buttons to get it set up, and you don't want a phone call to turn down your what you're listening to so that you can hear Siri tell you who's calling or what directions, you know, turn left here or whatever. It's constantly shutting off and on and you're talking to somebody on the phone and then the Bluetooth picks up in your in your car and you've lost the person because it's on CarPlay or whatever. Enough with the Bluetooth. It's not ready yet. It should be. It's 2023, but Bluetooth and car Bluetooth, at least in my crappy car, is horrible. And so I've reverted back to an aux cord, and my life has never been better. It reminds me of you know, humming around in 2007, blasting an aux cord, full, you know, full audio quality. It's fantastic. So if you're like me and are driving around frustrated with your Bluetooth, I'm just saying consider reverting back to Bluetooth. Now, you might say, look, I'll feel like a loser if I'm, you know, doing that. I, you know, I bought this new car. I got this new car with all these settings and car plays all set up and all. No, it sucks. It's not as good. Ox is better. That's your pick to click in the sport hole, Larry. Great job, buddy, even though you zoned out a couple times. Quick break. Back with more local sports talk on the Andy Thompson Show with Rustin Burnside. Thanks for being with us.